You are now listening to the Photography Enthusiast Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Photography Enthusiast Podcast. As always, I am your host, Daniel Lee, or Photos by DLEE. Today is going to be a special episode, so as usual, with a review episode, we're not going to do any what I've been up to, no news, just straight into the review. So this review is obviously on the Canon RF 35mm f1.8 IS STM macro lens. This is a lens I've owned pretty much for just oh, probably a year and a half now. I got this lens when I got my R6. It was the first lens I bought along with it, followed by the RF 85mm. So yeah, I've had quite a bit of time to use it. Surprisingly, I don't have as many photos as I thought I would. I thought I'd have, you know, significantly, you know, back in the day, I'd have triple this, you know, four times the amount, quadruple, I guess this. But yeah, I do have a decent amount, just not as many as I thought I would. Either way, I definitely have a good feel for the lens. I know its strengths, its weaknesses, all that sort of stuff. So I thought, yep, why not? Time to do a review. So 35 millimeter, for a long time, it was my favorite focal length. I feel like it probably is still my favorite focal length on the wide end anyways. Probably the widest I like these days because I do favor a more tele look. I've owned quite a few 24mm lenses. Well, not exactly, but I own the 24mm f1.4 GM as well as the Sigma 16mm f1.4, which is technically like a 25 once you do the 1.6 on Canon. But yeah, I really like that lens as well. It's pretty much the same field of view. 24 millimeters is nice for anything kind of cityscape, you know, architecture, anything that's not people or very close up things. I feel like, well, I'll get into more why I like 35, but you know, for 35, it is it's not too long. It's not too tight. It's just, just right. You know, like you can take photos, you know, upper body photos of people and you don't have to worry about it looking very distorted or, you know, too far. You can do city, it's not too like long for stuff like landscapes and cityscapes. You'd be surprised the amount you can fit in still with 35 millimeters. It's the really Swiss army knife of prime lenses. One lens to do everything. Obviously you can't do everything, can't do like wildlife unless you can get extremely close somehow, but there's a lot you can do with it. That along with an 85 millimeter, you can probably cover the majority of everything, assuming except for sports, probably some sports and wildlife. Cause I've seen people shoot Sports with an 85 millimeter lens. So clearly depending on the sport. But otherwise, when it comes to 35 millimeters, I first started with the EF 35 millimeter F2 IS. That was my absolute all time favorite lens. I don't know why, maybe it's because it's just my first 35 millimeter. It was a really sharp lens compared to especially the 50 millimeters I'd shot with. The focal length was something new, something very different, very similar to your what you see. So that was very exciting for me. Otherwise, after that, when I swapped to Sony, didn't have a 35 for a while, then I ended up getting the Sigma 35mm f1.4. I didn't adapt an EF1, I got the Sony E-mount version when it came out. It was a big, big, bit heavy, about 600 grams, but image quality was really nice. I really liked it, but then when Sony did announce theirs, I ended up going for that one because, you know, I got bad gas. And I do like smaller 35mm purely because, you know, I feel like they're carrier around lenses that you should be able to carry everywhere. That did change a bit on Canon, but explain that after but yeah so and then once I swapped back to Canon I ended up getting the RF lens so that's where we're at now I've explained why I like the focal length you know very versatile and this lens in particular it is very very good I'll just straight up say that like it's 
image quality wise out of all the primes I own this and the 85 are probably a tough very tough probably equal almost it is noticeably better I'd say than the 50 millimeter which sucks for me because I honestly do use the 50 millimeter quite a bit these days purely because of its size and weight so we'll get into that so when it comes to the RF 35 millimeter it's certainly not a big lens but it's not the smallest of all lenses either the build wise it's going to be like every other RF prime that they've released so far it's not the best build not the worst build but it is decent you know it's 305 grams which is quite light I would say it's definitely not heavy one of the annoying things about when it comes to the build is the front I think because they made it so small the front element does extend when you autofocus which I'm not really a fan of I would have rather than make it that tiny bit bigger because the front element doesn't extend that long just make it that tiny tiny bit longer and don't have that happen I feel like it's a lot safer for the lens and that way they could have a normal front filter so on this one it's a 52 millimeter front filter size which is very tiny whereas I wouldn't mind them going up to 67 but then having it be a normal size lens and that way we could you know attach a lens hood all that kind of stuff a lot easier and you wouldn't have that weird lens hood that this lens does have which I ha don't personally don't own aside from that if you look at it I believe it's roughly I never own them side by side obviously but I believe it's roughly the same size as the EF 35 millimeter but you have to take into the fact that when you use the EF on a Canon RF body you're going to have to use an adapter so the EF version ends up being longer and it's actually much pricier as well which I'll cover after I wouldn't say it's got the best build like if I dropped it I don't know if it would survive which is you know touch wood always very gentle and careful with my gear but if you're into you want something very solid very metal build something like a Sigma will probably be better for you this definitely isn't the strongest build it does feel I don't know if it feels cheap but it's not something that feels wow this is the most solid thing it could survive anything the most important part obviously would be the image quality which we'll discuss now so in terms of sharpness I feel like this lens is absolutely amazing there's a certain thing if a fast lens like this because you know f1.8 isn't the fastest aperture but it is pretty decent for this kind of focal length and if you're doing very close-up images so say you're taking a photo of a cup for example something small like that you're going to have quite a shallow depth of field and then there's a certain look to it when the lens is extremely sharp tack sharp and then you have a nice shallow depth of field and especially a nice fall off from in focus to out of focus which this lens does exhibit in my opinion I would definitely say image quality wise it's better than the EF 35mm f2is that was an amazing lens but this RF it's sharper that one third of a stop doesn't sound like a huge difference but you do find when you swap over from f2 to f1.8 it does get you a bit of larger bokeh balls that kind of thing but otherwise you know sharpness wise I would do not have any complaints about this whether it's wide open stop down up close you know near minimal focusing distance or shooting at infinity this lens is really really great I as I mentioned before I do believe it is sharper than the RF 50 millimeter the 85 would probably be equally as sharp I don't know if the 35 would be better to be honest I never put them side by side you know to be able to compare it you can see the difference that's why I know the 35 is better than the 50 but I don't know compared to the 85 they're both very very sharp more sharp than I'd need, ever need have zero issues with them so that's why I've never really thought I need to compare it in a more you know side by side very detailed way in terms of bokeh and rendering as I mentioned this lens is really nice that f1 point aperture you know two-thirds of a stop but it does you know just the sound of it is a bit more impressive and yeah if you're doing say half body so waist upwards you're going to get 
you know, a little bit of background separation. I do have one photo in the review. Further down in the review, once I have the sort of more gallery of all the images, I don't have a ton of people photos because I don't shoot them, but there's one of my girlfriend. She's quite small. You know, she's five foot tall. She probably, she tries to call herself, I can't remember, five, four or something, but she's not even close to five, four. She's very small anyway. Hair's a bit puffy, so maybe that's where she gets the five, four from, but otherwise five foot tall and, you know, you can see it's her upper body and that, and you still got quite a bit of a subject separation. This is why I used to love 35 millimeters. So if you look at that photo, for example, you can see that the main focus is on her. You get a context of where she is, what the scene is like, but it's slightly blurred out. If you figure it like a filter, you know, you're putting it on a very, you can choose up to 10, 10 being really strong, one being just slight. This is more like a two or a three. So you can just, just get a little bit of your background context, but it's not distracting from your subject. And the F1.8, even for a more larger, wider frame, you're not going to get blown out backgrounds, but you can see this tiny blur. So if there's another photo in there, for example, where someone was standing on stilts down in Darling Harbor. If you look at that on a large screen, you don't really see it on a small screen, but you can see that the background is sort of blurred out a bit. Has that tiny, tiny blur to it. It's just that tiny little thing. But to me, I just really like it. I feel like it does add to the image and add to the look. If you're doing more still life, kind of, or very close up near the macro distances, which this lens isn't a true macro, it's not one-to-one. It's more of a close focusing lens, but they just, you know, mark it as a macro because, you know, unless it has one-to-one magnification or better, I wouldn't really call it a macro. I'd just call it close focus. But either way, for those focal lengths, you'll see some Christmas tree decorations. I got lenses. I got all different sort of stuff, but it does a really nice job and it doesn't look that bad. You know, for something that's kind of wide, like 35 millimeters, you can still make things look nice if you know how to compose it and the subject's the right size kind of thing. There's a photo in the review of my Nintendo Switch that I took with the 35. Funny enough, I did a photo with the 85, then the 50, and then the 35. And the 35 was my favorite by far, despite, you know, 85 usually being my more higher preference for what I would use for this kind of, or still life product, that kind of stuff. Some people do underestimate how shallow of a depth of field you can get with a 35mm, especially if you're shooting at very close up distances. So for stuff like food. Although 85, you know, distance-wise and look, that compressed look does look a bit nicer. 35 is a lot more versatile. You're just obviously going to have more in the background compared to 85. And you just have to remember, you know, you still do need to stop down a bit. But when you do stop down, you will get more of your background in there. There's some photos of some cakes further towards the end of the photos. Those are both shot at F4, but you can see the depth of field is still very small because it's quite close to the minimal focusing distance. Stuff like that, that you have to really keep in mind that you are going to get a shallow depth of field. So as I mentioned, that's why 35 is really great in that regard. You know, you're doing something more street landscape. You will want to be down at least F8 with this focal length. The one area that I'm not as happy with, it's pretty much the exact same story as the 85 millimeter, but it's autofocus. The autofocus isn't bad. It's not, you know, inaccurate. It's just not great. The... The Sony 35mm f1.8, although I didn't really like the rendering on that lens, the autofocus was much better, I'd say. It was completely silent, no issues in that regard. It's not inaccurate on the Canon. The Canon's autofocus along with its, you know, IAF, all that kind of stuff, zero issues in terms of accuracy. It's just noise. I really hate the noise on this lens. If I did do video, then yeah, it would be even more of a bother for me, but I don't. But either way, I just like 
the lens or the camera to be as silent as possible. If I'm shooting, especially in silent shutter, it kind of defeats the purpose of having a silent shutter when the lens is so loud. Canon really should have used a USM. I believe the EF lens had a nano USM or some kind of hybrid USM STM motor. Either way, it was quieter and better compared to this motor. I'd say the autofocus sound is just the one weakness, that really cheap motor of this lens. If they ever made a Mark II or whatever, I would much, much prefer to see them use a proper nano USM. I don't care, put the price up. For me personally, I don't care. Put it up to a thousand if you need to, if that means I'm going to have a silent, super fast motor in it. Whether or not the macro capabilities of this lens or close focus affect this, I personally don't think it does because from what I remember, the 100mm macro had a nano USM motor and I think the 100L RF lens has a nano USM as well. So don't quote me on that, I can't say for certain from what I remember. So it should not matter at all. It's more about how, fo how close it can focus than the actual speed. But speed does often come to into a factor when it comes to macro lenses as well because they've got a further distance to travel from you know minimal focus distance to infinity. In terms of the price of this lens, it comes in at 614 AUD. I'm not too sure of the US price, but I believe it is around 499 USD, so not too bad. I'll mainly cover the Australian prices because I'm not too sure of you know US ones. I'm sure it's, if you're looking to buy, it's easy enough to look up because I would know every retailer, every sale. From what I could see, yeah, the cheapest price you're gonna get in Australia is 614 AUD. To me, that's still the best option because if you look at the Sigma 35 millimeter, eBay constantly do 15% off sales. So you can get that for around 806, but keep in mind, you'd have to add any adapter. So you're gonna probably look at least hundred bucks for that. If not more, adds more weight, more size to the package as well. Otherwise, there's also the Canon EF 35mm. Same deal as before, you're going to have to add on everything else, your adapter and all that. But that lens is actually 980. So if the lens, you know, you're looking to buy either an old, outdated DSLR or you're looking to get an R6 and the deciding factor would be, you know, you need a 35mm lens. Personally, you know, the RF lens is better than the EF in the image quality. And I use the EF a ton. If you look at my Flickr, I probably got over a hundred, few hundred, I'd say at least photos with the EF lens. I use that lens for like four years as my main lens. I barely use anything else besides that, which is another reason why I don't use 35 millimeters much these days, because I felt like I overuse it. I could just shoot everything with it, which I try to avoid now. I try to use different things, learn different focal lengths, get used to different looks. So some people like to use the same lens or you know, same editing style, same tints on their images. Whereas, you know, I just like to do everything different all the time, like to make it a bit more unique each time. Otherwise, this lens is, for me, is definitely worth keeping. If Sigma were to release their 35mm f1.4 DN lens, I honestly don't think I would get, get it because the weight of that is about 650. So it's not really a carry around lens for me. And the difference between f1.8 and 1.4 isn't that great a deal. Two thirds of a stop, but at such a wide focal length, you won't see it as much. The f1.4 lenses, the general rule would be that it would have a nicer rendering at f1.8 compared to a lens that does a max of f1.8. But otherwise, yeah, it's not really worth it for me. I believe the Sigma 35 DN art, I know for Sony amount, goes for around 1100, I think, around there, 1100 or even a little bit more. I'm guessing, you know, once you get 15% off, then it can go around there. But for me, it's not worth, you know, nearly double the price for something that's not going to give me double the autofocus performance or double the image quality, probably equal in image quality, I'd say. So that's, yeah, pretty much it. 
This lens, if you want something that you can carry around, that's a very versatile focal length, whether you're photographing food, people, landscapes, places, small items, this lens and this focal length, you know, can do a lot for you. You could build a very good kit between the 16, this and the 85 and have most areas and focal lengths covered, depending on what you shoot. The only real downside is that autofocus noise. So if you do video that's going to bother you, that might be an issue. But otherwise, this lens is an amazing value for the price. The 499 USD or 614 AUD, it's pretty hard not to recommend it. And if you're a Canon shooter or looking to get in the Canon system, this is, if you like the 35mm focal length, this is your probably your best bet. If you do prefer 15mm, main option would obviously be in the budget area is the IR 15mm. That lens does still get a lot of use for me, mainly because it's practically like a pancake lens. It's so small, so light, so tiny. Even though this RF35 is light, the 50 is lighter, so it ends up getting a bit more use. And I really do like the more telephoto look. Although 50mm is considered standard, 85 is considered wide, 50 is still more telephoto towards a telephoto lens than 35 is. So that's why I call it 50 a telephoto in that sense. But yeah, otherwise that's it. Hopefully you enjoyed this review. Not sure when the next episode will be, whether I do one next week or I wait another fortnight. I do have quite a bit on, a few birthdays, time off work, quite a busy time. So it probably will be a fortnight, but hey, you might see me pop up next week. Otherwise, if you want to see more reviews, you can find them at thephotographyenthusiast.com. All of these links will be in the show notes as well as the written and review of this with the photos. I did try to keep the word count lower this time because, you know, I know I often tend to write way too much and I don't go into full technical detail either. So it's probably maybe a bit rambly for some people, but otherwise, hopefully you enjoy it. If you want to see my photos, you can find me on Twitter at photos by DLWE, or you can go to my website, photos by which has links to my Twitter and my Flickr. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoy this episode. Take care. See ya.